of Elvis? And why do some people care? Why can't some people get enough? Why don't? Why doesn't anyone have? It's funny, Billy. I just, let me just ask you right from. I want to introduce you to our audience in just a second. But sure. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that some people had enough of Elvis and some people can't get enough of Elvis? And why is it that some people don't care? And uh, and I just I need to know these questions. Th- these are questions I have no answers to. You're the guy. You bring the answers. Angela, I don't know the answer to that question, but I'll, I'll say this: that for me, when I'm either all in on Elvis or all out, you can't yeah. <laughs> you can't dabble in Elvis. You're either you're either completely there or completely out. I um, will tell you, you're absolutely right. <laughs> there's a few people out there that that are not Elvis fans, but you know what? I think most people that I talk to on some level are Elvis fans, and what I mean is. They all know who Elvis is. That's first. Second, they recognize the some genre or all genres of Elvis. And what I mean is, he reinvented himself sure. three times. They recognize the fifties, the uh, the the black leather suit, you know, the singer special, and then they recognize the jumpsuits. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then they also recognize songs. I saw a. There's a band uh, that's a. It's a family, it's brothers and sisters, and they're all relatively young. The name of the band is Liliac, and they play heavy metal type music sure. and travel around. I think their parents are from, I'm going to say Belgium, that may not be right, but they're somewhere in, in Europe, and they're over here uh, playing and traveling and stuff, and the other day I happened to click on a video and just watching them, and they were listening to Elvis. While they were traveling yeah. between shows, they were headed to open for Loverboy. So the video where they're opening oh, for Loverboy, they're listening to Elvis on the way to that show. Remarkable. We just, just loved it, you know. And yeah. so uh, the thing, Elvis transcends time. They, he transcends. And what I mean is um, the thing about music for, for most people is music uh, brings you back to a time in your life. Yeah. Elvis's music, especially the 50s stuff, is timeless. Oh, my God, sure. Absolutely. As fresh as it was when I listened to it the first time in the the 60s or 70s. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, you you and I are contemporaries age-wise. I have a a feeling that we're probably around the same age. Uh, I'm I'm 62. I'm 55. Uh, Oh, so you're in the the ballpark, brother. You're you're close enough. They say close enough for government work. That's right. So uh, I want to tell everybody who you really are. You are a fascinating individual. As I said, I reached out to Billy Stallings about a year ago, and he blew me off because he was building hot dogs. (laughs) So if uh, if you don't know, this man is, I call him the king of YouTube because you can't hardly go anywhere on YouTube without seeing the spa guy. Doing something or going somewhere or, some uh, some Elvis artifact or a, a place where Elvis stood or had dinner or lunch. Billy Stallings has worked on pools and spas since he was just a young child. His father was a pool builder, spending some 40 years. And uh, this young, industrious Billy Stallings, he learned how to craft and art these pools. And from a very, very young age, knee high to a grasshopper, as they say in Tennessee. And that's really small. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Billy is also a, a musician. He began singing at an early age. He is a Christian recording artist and a country artist. He began singing and credits Elvis Presley with his ability to sing. We're going to talk about that in moments. Okay. Um, Elvis Records uh, must have been a unique uh, and uh, I, I, you used the word earlier, timeless. It must have been a unique and timeless tool for you uh, to learn from. And Elvis must have been an amazing teacher, Billy. Uh, Having been uh, on tour with uh, not only your own band, but uh, even as a a part of an Elvis tribute band, I believe you guys went to Denmark or the Netherlands. Uh, Denmark, Netherlands, yeah. Okay. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But uh, you are known worldwide as a, uh, a Christian recording artist and country artist. You are also the uh, the spa guy. Just everybody yeah. knows you as the spa guy. Yeah. <laughs> These days, you can find Billy, uh, affectionately known as the spa guy, 
traveling the highways and byways of the U.S. making Elvis-themed videos. And after all these years, and after all is said and done, he is still enthusiastic for Elvis. He is the, I call him the super fan. You really are, brother. I'm an Elvis fan, but you are a super fan. And I got a couple surprises for you. I'm going to blow your mind with some stuff. Okay. Uh, we are proud here at Wrestling With The Future Podcast to welcome to our show the king of YouTube, the spa guy himself, Billy Stallings. How are you, my friend, my brother? I am doing fantastic. How about you? Brother, I'm going to tell you what, it's been a busy day, but I'm glad we got this together. Yes, sir. It came that at the, uh, the 11th hour, but as all good things do, it came together just at the right time when it was supposed to happen. Um, I will tell you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right off. I'm going to blow your mind right off the top. I've met Elvis twice. Okay. Um, in fact, both times we were in Philadelphia. Uh, both times I was introduced to him by Charlie Hodge. And after Elvis passed, Charlie and I talked about that. And Charlie gave me his TCB necklace. Wow. Took it off his neck. And I have that. I also have two signed Elvis albums um, that I may part with. I don't know. <laughs> I, may, I may decide to gift one to a guy in, uh, in Tennessee that builds hot tubs and spas. Yes. So let me ask you a question. Are you prefer, uh, do you prefer the term spa or is it a hot tub? Or are they different? They're the same thing. It's kind of like clinics. Okay. Um, okay. You know, spa and a hot tub are the same thing in my estimation. I call myself the spa guy because um, I, I, it's easy to remember. And I was in the bug business for a period of time. And I learned from a, a man that was very, very smart uh, that you've got to be humble enough to be the bug man. And so when I started this company and was looking for a name, trying to decide something, I decided I was humble enough to be the spa guy. And I started making YouTube Beautiful. videos hot tub related where I did moves and, and repos and I did how to's. That's what drives my business. A big part of my business is hot tub parts online. I own hot tub parts of America, yeah. uh, which is a, we sell hot tub parts all over the world. And that's how I drive my businesses with YouTube videos teach homeowners how to repair their tubs. They buy their parts from me and they repair their tubs. And that well, just led to doing Elvis stuff. You're, you're very fortunate because uh, being the boss, you can kind of call your own shots and make your own hours. Uh, and this, I, I know what started for you as kind of like a fun avocation has now taken a life of its own. Um, initially, I remember watching your early videos and you would travel locally in Tennessee to various, Elvis, of course, was from Tennessee and spent a lot of time, you know, doing little shows in places like Jefferson city. If you don't know Tennessee, you could sneeze and go through Jefferson city places like uh, Rockwood, uh, Cookville, Crossville. These are small towns along Route 41 that go straight into, um, I guess, Nashville and Memphis, really, all the way in. It goes through them, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's I-40, actually. Oh, I-40. I'm sorry. You're yeah. right. Well, I, I lived there for 15 years and still can't get it right. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I lived. I actually lived in Rockwood uh, and Harriman, Harriman in that yeah. little small area, Kingston area. Yeah, I'm um, my daughter taught school in that area. Oh, okay. So, yeah, you know the area well. So, you know, and, and Elvis did a lot, when he was starting out, did a lot of small, you know, local shows and armories and high schools. And part of what you started out doing was retracing Elvis's footsteps. Yes. And I think that's, is that a fair assessment? That's a fair assessment. Me as a, as an Elvis fan, I don't know why I want to go to the places other than I'll say this as a, as a young fan, I became an Elvis fan at about 12 years old, which would have been close to the time of his death. I, I became a fan 76, 77 in that time frame. Mm -hmm. But back then there was no internet. There was no nothing like that. Basically, your Elvis connection was uh, listening to records, 
um, reading the books that were out at the time. They, I, I did a book report in the ninth grade on Elvis. I saw the book actually this weekend. Somebody had it at the at ElvisCon. This is Elvis' birthday week this past week. Yeah. And I did that kind of stuff. So I had to imagine these stories. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I read the stories, but I had to imagine what they looked like. So there's yeah. something in me that makes me want to go to where those stories happened at to bring them to life. For me, I take a camera with me yeah. and film it in such a way that it's like you're with me. Um, and that's, Well, let me ask you a question. That's, you that's a great place to ask you a question. Did you, the idea of this camera, um, was that initially the, the whole scope of the notion was, was to photograph video or was it just to kind of get a feel for where he was? And what he did, did was the camera an integral part of it, or did you just kind of like think about that later? You know, I'm not smart enough to to plan anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think the most the most real things and the most genuine things are organic; they just happen. Sure. Um, I don't know why I film it like that. I just always have. That's the that's. It's there was no intent there. That's just what I did. Yeah. And somehow it works and it's evidently different than most people are in front of the camera, looking at yeah. the camera, telling a story. I tell the story behind the camera and you'll see me from time to time. Yeah. But generally I do it from my perspective where you're with me and because I want you to feel like you're a yeah. part of what I'm doing. And people well, tell you, me that they do. And, and, and that's incredibly critical that people understand that your voice is so recognizable as the spa guy and you that you really don't need to see you people who watch your videos know who you are they know what you look like it's not really necessary to see you although you know as you just admitted you pop up from time to time one time that you popped up recently came to mind where you were traveling with uh, a buddy of yours um, right. and you stopped along, I don't know what, it looked like a, a deserted highway somewhere in search of a restaurant where Elvis, Gladys, and Vernon uh, ate. Yes. And I believe you saw or were able to narrow down an area where there was a a pink tile flooring in the yes. midst of, uh, you know what I'm, would yes, you tell that people is. that story, please? That's my sidekick. Uh, he's he's got a YouTube channel, Globe Trotting with Trey. His name is Trey Miller. He lives in Alabama, and okay. Trey and I film together a lot. He he films stuff on his own. He's actually an actor. You'll see him in a lot of TV shows and that kind of stuff. Believe it or not. So Trey and I were doing the June Juanico story, um, and June was from Biloxi, Mississippi, and yeah. so we traveled from Biloxi to New Orleans, and that was where uh, Elvis and June and Gladys and Vernon stopped to eat on their way to New Orleans. That, that was I, it. Incidentally, that location is very, very, very close within just miles of where Jane Mansfield was killed. Same highway, same road. She would have driven right by there or she wasn't yeah. driving, but she passed away on her way to New Orleans. But I'll tell you something funny about that, that you mentioned Jane Mansfield's passing. I know a guy that was with her the night before she died. Really? He was a professional wrestler named Eddie Graham, and he was with her the night, the, the night, the, that morning, actually, the night before and into that morning. They parted ways. He went back to Florida, and she ended up dead, dead basically. Yeah. Yeah, dead. That's an um, interesting story. And her story, yeah, you know, really I do is. Elvis videos, but I do other stuff too. Sure. And she played there. Uh, she was making appearances at Gus Stevens restaurant in Biloxi, which yeah. Elvis and June went to Gus Stevens years and years before this. You know, this is 50. She was, uh, I believe she died in the 60s, going from, from memory. And yeah. But the thing that I didn't know about Jane that I think is interesting about the story is I always pictured her driving a car and accidentally driving under the back of a truck. In fact, there's a bar now that you see on the back of big rigs that they call the Mansfield bar for that very reason.
because yeah. she drove under the truck. They put that there to prevent that from happening. But Jane was not driving. It was actually yeah. Gus Stevens' daughter's um, fiance was driving, and she was sitting in the front along with her fiance, which was also an attorney. Her yeah. three children were in the back seat. They were not. They were not killed. They were right. the three people in the front seat. So that's a thing that's left out of that story that I think is interesting that the children were, were with them. Yeah, interesting enough, one of those children is uh, mm -hmm. Melissa Hargitay from the uh, television show um, uh, SVU. That's right. Yeah. She's a, a very uh, accomplished actress. That's right. Yeah, quite, quite an accomplished. And we do, yeah. a, you know, you mentioned having a friend that's an actor. We've had a lot of actors on the show, a lot. In fact, uh, recently just had Jim Fife uh, from The Frighteners and Dark Shadows was here with us. Um, we also have, and you'll be, this is a special interest to you, I think, and you might, you might want to come back for this one, Billy. I've got Pete Wilcox coming on February 4th. Pete Wilcox, if you don't know the name, was called America's TV Elvis. He was uh, the Elvis on Charles in Charge, Murphy Brown, Happy Days, Laverne and Shirley, um, The Sandy Duncan Show. Wow. Yeah. And he will be here. He's 78 years old, and he will be uh, he will be here on February 4th to talk about his career as Elvis. And interestingly enough, his father was a record executive for RCA Records who signed, was one of the people who signed to Elvis. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm one of, it's a, I really want to do that show. I really want to do that show. Um, but let's get back to the spa guy. Yes. So you travel extensively now. You you traveled locally, but you travel an awful lot. Even flying to Las Vegas, to California, you're you seem to be marking out now for this photo of you at the gate in Palm Springs. I love that picture, by the way. Yes. Uh, That's actually a, a, that was in L.A. That was the Hillcrest House. Oh, Hillcrest. Okay. Yeah, I got in the Hillcrest house in L.A., and that's me out front in the gate. Now, I got called from the the, the honeymoon house that you're talking about in Palm Springs yes. last year. They actually called me and asked me to come film it because it was for sale, and they thought it might get sold and torn down or something. Sadly, really? I was not able to get there, and it did get sold. So wow. they're actually having an auction, I think, the, this week. I think the 17th. Today is the 12th, so they're auctioning yeah. all things in the house. Um, wow. So I wow. still may try to go. I had it set up last, let's see, I didn't make it in 2020. Mm -hmm. I normally go to Vegas every October and go to L.A. and, you know, film that kind of stuff. Sure. Last year we didn't because everything shut down. You know, it makes it hard to travel and hard to deal with people. Well, so Billy, are there still Elvis artifacts in this home? And and um, when you travel to places like that, do you find relics left behind? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say there's Elvis artifacts in the home, but they had collected paintings and those kinds of things that were of Elvis in, in oh, the home. Gotcha. So I think they're going to get rid of those kinds of things. But now the bed from the Hillcrest house, that house was sold by Elvis Furnished. So the original furniture was in the house. Now, whether there's any today, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, John Daly, that, uh, in fact, I just saw John Daly just a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. I'm in Memphis right now. I'm working on a project. Sure. Um, but John Daly sold the Hillcrest bed, and I think mm -hmm. he shipped it to, I think it, it went to UK. I think it got shipped to England. Right. Uh, but he actually had the bed out of, out of that house in his possession for a period of time. Uh, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm mixing two things. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm mixing two things. He, the bed out of the honeymoon house, I believe I'm mm -hmm. keep saying Hillcrest and I'm meaning to say honeymoon. Right. Um, but the honeymoon house, uh, the one located in Palm Springs, correct? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I'm not mistaken, recent in recent years, I should say, not recently, but in recent years, it's my understanding that Larry Geller was given entrance to the house to have kind of a uh, a sit around and BS about Elvis night. 
Do you know anything about that? I don't, and I, I wouldn't doubt that. I mean, I know that they use the house for special events. You could rent it for pool parties, and you could do those really? kinds of things there. Yes. Isn't that kind of cheesy, though? <laughs> well, think about it. You know, I would not. The the thing that, and this is all personal preference. Now, it doesn't mean I'm right, but I don't want to walk into Elvis's house and see pictures of Elvis because Elvis wouldn't have pictures of himself in his house, very much like absolutely Vernon's house, which is right here beside Graceland. Yeah, the, there was a doctor and a doctor's wife that owned that she'd like to do paintings, and her paintings were very good. But sure, the house was full of paintings of Elvis. And I don't know, I would want it to look like it did when Elvis lived there. You know, that's the way yeah. I would decorate it. But I think sure. that's just the preference thing. You know, I, I'm not mad because they did that, but that just, that's, it seems odd to me. You know, Billy, as a fan and as a guy who appreciates the history and the, the stories, particularly the stories, you know, you, you don't have a full appreciation for the history without the stories. And because people get older and because people's memories fade, stories die or they get misinterpreted. One of the things that I like about what you're doing is preserving the stories from the people that are still around to tell those stories. Um, and I, as, a, as an Elvis fan, and I consider myself a fan, as well as somebody who met him and who knew some of the, the, the quote Memphis mafia. I hate that term, by the way, I really don't like that term. Um, but I do appreciate the fact that you're taking the time to, to archive these stories, to, uh, to, to preserve them. What for you was, was the, the quintessential Elvis fan moment? What story were you able to tell or preserve that means the most to you personally? All right. Well, there's there's a few of them, um, but I'll tell you I'll tell you one that I filmed recently. There's there's these moments where you get something and you get back in your vehicle and you go, I cannot believe that that just happened. That happens, you know, and it's in this few and far between. I've had the opportunity, and I'll preface this with a couple of quick things. I've had the opportunity to go knock on people's doors and say, hey, did you know that Elvis has been at your house? And show them photos of Elvis in their house, and they had no idea that things like that ever happened. <laughs> you know, so I've been able to do that uh, 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 quite a few times. But one thing that comes in mind, I was recently filming, you mentioned that Elvis traveled a lot. In the early days, in 54 and 55 and early 56, he, he toured a lot. You know, 56 is when he started doing movies and when they quit touring so much because he became so famous sure. that the tours got further apart. But before that, it was go, 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 go. Oh, he God, played yeah. 18 different places in Arkansas. So I had a period of time when my wife was out of town and I had, uh, I had a, a, a stretch of time where I could go to Arkansas. So I set out to go to all 18 towns and see all the places that he played and see if I could find people that were that were interesting in those towns and that kind of stuff. Sure. So I filmed in Texarkana, which I got great stuff in Texarkana. Yes, you did. I filmed <laughs> in a little town called Hope, Arkansas. Yes, you and did. So the story that, that I think would be, and, I hate to say this is the story of all stories, but I couldn't believe that this happened. This was in Hope, Arkansas. And um, I did, there was, there was two places that he played in Hope. One of them was um, in in the city hall. And it was, uh, it was a, a, a auditorium upstairs in city hall, which yeah. is no longer city hall. It's an old building now. And Clips Audio actually has, they, they, they don't own it, but they are over it. They basically, if anybody knows what Klipsch is, they're very, very high-end uh, uh, stereo speakers and, and pro audio yeah. and that kind of stuff, real Absolutely. high that's built in hope. Um, sure. And so they take the, the museum guy that actually is over uh, his uh, legacy, if you will, the auditorium is part of their thing. So I got to go in there and film with him and talk about yeah. the auditorium, which looks almost exactly like it did with the exception of the stages deeper than it was. They added to the front of it. 
But yeah. when you go back and look at the photographs, it's identical other than that addition. The chairs, I mean, it's basically the same room. So that was first. Yeah. Then I went to a place that was a giant metal building. The front part of it was enclosed back then. The back part of it was a horse arena. Same roof, but the horse arena. And he left from there um, this particular day that I'm talking about. And with the first pink Cadillac, and a lot of people don't know there was two. Yes, there were. Headed back to Texarkana, and the car caught on yeah. fire in Fulton and burned to the ground. So that day, he went, he was invited to go to a person's house. So I was there in, uh, in a hope. I had filmed those two, two things, and it was a time of day where if I tried to go to the next town, I was going to run out of daylight. So I was trying to find something else to film there before I went so I could, you know, I've got a couple more hours. Let me see what else I could find yeah. here. So I started researching and I found two photographs. I found the photograph of Elvis laying on a couch and I found the photograph of Elvis standing in a kitchen yeah. with who I thought was Bill Black, the bass player. It turned out to be Jim Ed Brown sure. and another young lady. And you could see watermelon, watermelon sitting on the kitchen counter. Yeah. So I started researching that and it turned out that he was invited to a watermelon party at a, a young lady named Laura Mae Mitchell's house. So yes, I thought, I wonder, you know, there's no chance that Laura Mae Mitchell is, is still with us, but maybe I can figure out where the house was. Right. And, and do that. So I start searching. I find Laura Mae's married name. Then I keep searching. I find an address. So I go, we'll see. So I drive to the address. Yeah. And I, when I pulled up in the Gray Ghost, I left the, uh, I left it running because I have a dash cam that runs all the time. Mm -hmm. In case I get run off, at least I have something sure. to show and say, hey, I at least made an attempt, you know. So I pull up, I leave the truck running, I grab the camera, I hit record. And when I don't want somebody to know I'm, I'm filming them exactly because I don't want them to freak out. I'll, sure. I, my, I have the camera that'll flip the thing out. I'll flip it around backwards and push it in. So sure. it's. It's not quite so big, let's just say. Yeah, sure. So I grab it, I flip the thing around, I hit record, and I walk up, and there's a lady sitting on the front porch. And I said, are you Laura Mae Mitchell? She said, yes, I am. <laughs> I said, Laura Mae, was Elvis at your house <laughs> when you were a teenager? She said, yes, he was. I said, well, where is that house? She said, this house right here. Yeah. I, you're you're that, in front of it. <laughs> boom, that blew my mind. She took Brother, it blew my mind too. I watched that episode, Billy. And I got to tell you something. I it was you. You have to forgive me. It was it was a what I call a holy shit moment. Yeah. It was one of those holy shit moments. Yeah. Uh, that the not only is do you have the the right house, but the woman is sitting there, and she lets you in, and she shows you a tour. And she brings you into her little office, and there is Elvis all over the place. With the original photo, by the way. That's right. Of and Jimmy a photo Brown. of her with Elvis I've never seen before. Yeah. Just to prove that she was with Elvis. Absolutely. It, I could not have written it and said, hey, let's do this, and made it any better than that. I'm going to tell you something, brother. You know, sometimes, you know, uh, serendipity just takes over. You know, and that, was, that was a moment of serendipity that, thank God, and I mean that literally, thank you, God, that you got it on, on video. That is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. That was preserved forever. Um, so long after that, and I hope she lives to be 100, God bless her. Um, but long she after sharp, she, she was very sharp, 87 years old. My life, yeah, still, I was going to say she room. was she was sharp as a tack and had yes, a sir. new where he played and knew that he was at the horse arena and knew that I think she said he played in the, in the front part of the arena. That's right. That's right. right. Because I, that was, that was one of my favorite episodes. I want I'm glad you mentioned it because I wanted to talk to you about it. There are a couple of things in that series that you did um, in Texarkana and hope and, and that vicinity one of the things that you talked about just moments ago was his pink Cadillac catching fire. Uh, and as you pointed out, there were, in fact, two pink Cadillacs. Um, I want to talk to you about why it was important to you 
to narrow down the right place, the right area uh, off of that little bridge where they say the car came to a stop off the side of the road off of this little, what was then probably just a one-lane road back in the day. Yeah, well, it would have been a two. It was six, Highway 67. They call it the Rock and Roll Highway. But it was a lot more narrow than, than today. The, the lanes were not as wide, but it was a two-lane. But, I, you know, I don't know. I think for me, um, and, and look, I, I do this for um, selfish reasons. I want to know. I'm not yeah. doing it because I need, you know what I'm saying? I want to know what it looked like. And I just sure. think that when you go back to a place like that and you can place yourself there, if you remember, I filmed in the daylight and in the nightlight. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you why the contrast? But, why well, it because it happened in the middle of the night. So I wanted you to be able to see that. But the problem gotcha. is it's in the middle of the night, you're very limited vision-wise because yeah. I can't, you know, I can't like the area. So I wanted you're to go also back to the day people... show you both directions. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. And you're also putting people in Elvis's shoes, what he would have went through, what he would have saw, Yeah, you know, going from one gig to another. And Rock and Roll Highway, by the way, Highway 67, is where a lot of the acts used to travel back and because it was in my understanding, having listened to that, that episode, was that it was the most direct route between... Uh, Memphis and uh, was it Memphis and Texas? Texas. Te Texas. I'm yes. sorry, Texas. Yeah, because Texarkana, evidently, from what I can gather, is the guys would stay in Texarkana, like they would go and they stay in Texarkana, go to Hope. They'd stay in Texarkana, go to Texas. So they right. kind of stayed there a lot um, in that in that same motel, and they would eat at that same little restaurant that I talk yeah. about in there. And I had someone call me recently from there, and he said that uh, that where I said the hotel was is not exactly right. He said same intersection, but in a different spot. So mm -hmm. the next time I go, he says that he's going to try to he'll he'll come. He's been there. He's seventy, so he said I could show you exactly where that was, which yeah. happens sometimes. You're going and trying to figure things out. I look at historic aerials. I look at all kinds of things. But sometimes you're speculating, and then people will contact you and go, hey, I know I know this, I know that. So yeah. I'll definitely, I've got to go back to Texarkana to film in Texas. So when I go back, I've got a few things. He thinks he knows where the pink Cadillac may have been taken to, the junkyard. So yeah. we're going to investigate some things like that. Of course, I'm sure it's crushed and long gone. But well, it had to be I'll tell taken you what, somewhere. it's interesting you're talking about you know, Elvis's cars. I have to tell you, two of them were found here in New Jersey. Really? Yeah. Um, a 1974 Stutz Blackhawk was found in a junkyard registered to Elvis A. Presley of Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> Funny. And the other one was, God almighty, it was, I, what do they call those cars? They don't even make them anymore. It was a Lincoln, wasn't it? it yes. Yeah, it yes, wasn't Lincoln Mark. I don't know if it was a... Uh, a Mark IV Mark Limited. Four, maybe a Mark IV. I think it was the Mark IV Limited. It had a funky grill. It yeah. had like that kind of long, kind of remind me of the song Long Black Limousine. Yeah. But it had that long grill um, with that kind of like a Rolls Royce looking funky little grill in the front. But they found two cars here uh, registered to Elvis. Um, uh, what a lot of people don't know, maybe you may not know it, you may come to New Jersey and find out, but Elvis had a piece of property here in New Jersey that was purchased by Merv Griffin hmm. that became the Resorts International Hotel Casino. Elvis owned a substantial amount of property in Atlantic City, New Jersey, a lot of people didn't know about. I didn't know that. Yeah. If you lived here, you knew. Yeah, well, I've been to Atlantic City and filmed many times. There's a lot here. There's an mm -hmm. awful lot here. Um, let's talk about one of the places that I that I lived, actually, in some place you've been to a few times, Las Vegas. Yes. I want to talk to you about um, 
the intricacies, and this is a, a word I want to use with specificity, the intricacies of placing photos where they historically happened. Really important. It seems to be like a, I don't want to call it a, a quirk of yours, but maybe it is, but it's a good quirk. It's a, it's a good quirk to have. Um, it's proof you, is what it is. What is it? <laughs> it's proof it, that yeah, he was it's there. Proof. But the idea of matching up, and by the way, take this as a compliment, but there are a lot of people like ripping off what you do now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there are. Absolutely yeah. there are. And, and that's okay. <laughs> and to the point, but look, you're the trendsetter. You did it first. But you have this with great specificity. You go to a lot of trouble, brother, and spend a lot of your own money to make sure, as you said, you're selfish, but you want it to be right. You know? Yeah, lining up uh, that mark on the wall with the mark in this picture and and having, you know, placing him where where this wall is and where the doorway is. And is it still there? And yeah. has it covered? <laughs> Talk to me about why. Why go to all of this trouble other than you just want to know? Well, it has to be more, Billy, than you just want to know. It, it's, it gives some... Um... some credence solidity to the story would be one thing you know if you if you go to a place and go well elvis was here and and you don't have a picture line up or something like that it's like meh but if i can show you hey he was right here there's that this is that this is what it looks like now this is what it looked like then this is why he was here this is what he was doing this you know and then you tell a story around it yeah. I don't know. It brings the, it brings it to life for me, and so that's what I'm I'm trying to bring the stories to life. And I think when you can visually, I'm a visual person, so when you Absolutely. can visually see things, um, it gives it it gives the story life. You know, I, you'll see me sure. go to places and go, "Hey, Elvis stayed in this hotel. I don't have any photos of him here, but yeah. he definitely was here." That that story does not give me the same feeling that a story that I have a photo with gives me, if that makes sense. Absolutely, sure does. Well, you know, it's funny because um, there was a long rumored that Elvis performed here in New Jersey at a place called the Dance Set. Now, if unless you're from South Jersey, you don't have any idea what the Dance Set is. And for years and years and years, it had been speculated, without proof, by the way. About three years ago, someone finally came forward with proof. And they dug and dug and dug and found someone who actually had a picture of Elvis performing on the stage at this little building called the Dance Set. It may be on a good night you could squeeze 100 people in this building. But they actually saved the stage from this building. And as they did in Nashville with the, uh, the Grand Old Opry, they cut a circle out mm -hmm. where, you know, famous acts had stood. It's now that that circle, that large circle is now a wall ornament in the police station mm. in Oakland, New Jersey, where this dance set was located a little bit of elvis trivia that you may not have known about no i'm i'm not familiar with that i mean there's a lot of stuff i haven't seen um you know but you mentioned that i've been uh i've, I've been to germany and filmed elvis was in the army in germany so i filmed all over germany i filmed in paris where elvis was he took leave a couple of times while he was in the army and went to paris I filmed all over the netherlands which some people would call holland which is where the colonel his manager was from. I've been to yeah. the spot where the Colonel was born in Breda Holland. I actually was able to do a lineup, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. There's photographs of the back of where his house was there, just kind of a photo. They were, were not taking a photo of his house. They just happened to take a photo of yeah. this line of houses. I know which one was his. And they really were not really houses. They were almost shanties. 
-hmm. But what's really interesting is there was a building that you can see in the background that is yeah. still there, still standing. It's actually a casino now in Breda Holland. Interesting. So I was able to go there and film. He got on a cruise ship in in Rotterdam. Yeah. He worked there and actually got on the cruise ship twice. So I was able to talk to locals, figure out where he would have gotten on the ship yet and come to America. They came the first time they sent him back because he didn't have his papers, his signed right. papers. The second time when he went back, he jumped ship and yeah. got and you know, still didn't have the stuff. So I filmed all that stuff. I filmed all over the United States. I haven't even started Texas yet. Texas will take a month every day for a month, if not Brother, long. That, 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 that's a project in itself. It is. You're going to need I, a film crew for that. Yeah, big time. <laughs> I filmed uh, Kentucky, uh, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. um, I filmed uh, Tennessee, of course, Alabama, Arkansas, uh, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, Las Vegas. What's been your LA. most difficult film so far? Which one gave you the hardest time, either legally or paperwork, or somebody said, you know, go away, get you shut your camera off? What's been, you know, you you come across with a lot of goodwill, like a nice guy. And my sense tells me that you are a really nice guy. But there are some people who just don't like anybody um, and don't want anybody filming on their property. Yeah. And there's a lot I, of people who don't like Elvis. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really haven't encountered anybody that was anti-Elvis in my filming. Now, right. there's a guy that that there's a there's a fringe of people that believe that there's a preacher uh, just outside of uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. Pastor Robert Joyce. Yeah, Bob Joyce. I know who he is. I know it well. People think that Bob is Elvis. Not even close, brother. No, he's not. He can't be Elvis. He's not old enough for one thing. And Elvis died August sixteenth, nineteen seventy-seven, and I believe yeah. that. Um, but I wanted, I thought that I was doing the Elvis world a favor, if you will, to just go to Bob Joyce and just go, Hey, you're not Elvis. Just say now that you're not Elvis and right. we'll all move on with our life. It's just that simple. Sure. And the, the people that believe that Bob Joyce is Elvis got mad and went, well, <laughs> did you think he was going to tell you that he was Elvis? Well, no, I expected him to tell me that he wasn't because Elvis died. That's yeah. what I expected, which is sure. what he did. So it's time to move on. But um, I got mixed reactions from it. Bob, when I would point the, I was trying to be. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what the uh, uh, what the rub is. He's a pastor. Sure. So I was trying to set this baby to rest and not roll Bob Joyce under the bus as a pastor. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, you know, I got to tell you, and at the risk of interrupting you, I have to tell you that that whole thing rubbed me the wrong way from the get-go. I thought to myself, somebody is going to take a shred of coincidence or, you know, a look-alike element or an angle. And, you know, in, in the world of pro wrestling, we call these angles. Um, I don't, by the way, Billy, I've only done two things in my whole life. I've been a wrestling promoter and a recording engineer, and that's all I've ever done. And largely, I've worked in music my entire life. Um, but when I saw this, uh, a guy on, on uh, YouTube named Michael Skutnik or something to that effect. Yes. Uh, putting up these videos, these Bob Joyce videos, I was really irate. Uh, I didn't take well to it, and I, I let him know that, too. Um, Bob Joyce is a uh, a guy who does he have a decent voice for you know I guess so sure why not you know anybody that can carry a tune can probably sing a song um, does he look like Elvis I don't think so not even remotely not especially probably you would know being close up to him probably not he does but not. the one the one thing that really irks me is that these people who try and i would love to have your opinion and your insight on it these people who try to perpetrate the notion for whatever gain i don't know and i just that what irks me is that the the notion that elvis is still alive for 
for some reason. I mean, he'd be 85, 86 years old now. It's like he's yeah. not coming back wearing a white jumpsuit, okay? Right. Well, I, I'll say this about that. Um, let, let's go back to Bob for just a moment, and then and then we'll go to that. So Absolutely. when you sure. asked me about somebody being resistant to me filming him, you know, I show up at the man's house, I knock on their door, and his wife was nice enough to say, okay, let, let me go get him. He was asleep. He came out and, and spoke with me. And every time I would point my camera at him, I try to, you know, if you listen to my videos, there's times when I'll have a little scuffle with somebody, but somehow I'm able to, to, on some level, make friends with them, if you will, or, right. or um, uh, there's, there's a better way to say it than that, and it's not coming to me, but I'm trying to relate, to relate to somebody, that's the, that's the way. Uh, for instance, I had an issue with a guard at Grayson one time, and my immediate reaction was negative, but then I was able to re relate with him, and the next thing you know, he's trying to help me. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Know? Yeah. So, so Bob Joyce, I, I was trying to relate to him, and, and I, I reserve, I filmed his face, but he asked me not to... He asked me not to film his face. When I would point, he go, look, I've got plenty of videos on YouTube. Well, I, I was going to say, would, it doesn't make sense. I probably just put the video out like it was, but I didn't. I was trying to be respectful. Sure. You know. But, but does it make any sense to you? Here's what I don't understand. When I watched yeah. that, yeah, yeah, when I watched that, that bothered me. That really bothered me on many levels. That here's a guy whose face is everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere on YouTube. You know, you type in Elvis Bob Joyce, you know, Elvis is alive. He pops up all over the place, yeah. right? And he's got a son that sings as supposedly an yes. Elvis impersonator, too, or whatever you want to call them. And look, they can sound similar to Elvis, but so can thousands of other people. You know, there's people that do that Billy, for a living. So clearly, I, I know, there's something about his voice that I know a lot of people can do. There are, there are more than 200,000 people worldwide right now. That's making right. their living as Elvis impersonators. Oh, Brother, so I know four of the best in the world. I know four of the best. Dean Z, Doug Church, Johnny Fortuno, and uh, and, a, and a guy named Jim, um, oh God, with, uh, Jim Huffsacker. Mm -hmm. um, and he's right up there with guys like, and they're all, they're all up there with guys like Bill Cherry and, um, oh God, who's the other guy? Um... Uh, uh, oh, um, the hell is his name? Oh, Chris, a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah, Chris, uh, Chris O'Connell, and people yeah. like this. I mean, just, just so many of them. Yeah, Sean, but it bothers me that you know, here's a guy whose face is everywhere and had a problem with you filming his face. I mean, well, I, I heard that video. You know, the, the after, in hindsight, after I left and trying to compute what just happened, because I didn't, you know, I had a lot of people like, you know, how dare you go to somebody's house knocking? Well, how am I, else am I going, you know, ask him if he's, you know, that's no different than, you know, yeah. if you watch 48 hours, they bust up on people's front doors Absolutely. all the time. You're Brother, not if you don't him, ask, you don't know. know. Yeah, so I just, I honestly thought that I was going to have a conversation with him and him just go, I pastor a church, I'm not Elvis, that's, but he did, he was resistant to it. So on some level, clearly, he wants to continue that down that road. Okay, so let's, let's just say that. Yeah, uh, but, and that bothers me. And that bothers me too, because he had an opportunity right then to set the, set the mm -hmm. record straight and didn't. So he he is benefiting but at the same time he's a pastor so sure. i'm not i'm not going to you know uh, i'm going to be respectful even though if it was a, if it was just a guy that was yeah. not a pastor for a living it, you would have seen a much different video let's just say sure that. absolutely okay. so now let's fast forward to elvis being dead or alive right that thing that is inside most people where they 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 have this this unction for someone that is not here to be here is their mm -hmm. unction, the need for their, their relationship with Christ is yes. what I believe. Okay. Absolutely. So uh, I think some people have put Elvis in their, in their psyche, in that position. And look, I would love for Elvis to be alive. 
There's no, I can, in fact, I can make a video today and convince you that he's alive. I could also make a video today and convince you he's dead if I wanted Absolutely. to go down those roads. I don't do that. That's not what I do. I don't do sensationalized type uh, right. videos. And there was a, a period of time where I believed that there was a possibility. Okay, so now I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself an insider. I'm not hanging out at Graceland with Priscilla. But I know a lot of the extended family very well. I've become friends sure. with Billy and Joe Smith. Billy washed Elvis's hair that morning and played racquetball with him. There yeah. was nobody in the world closer to Elvis Presley than Billy Smith. Sure. And um, I know Billy and his family very, very well. They're friends of mine. And I believe that if Elvis was alive, that they would know it. And I yeah. believe that they would. Um, and would do you think they would tell it? On some level. Now, yeah. I did an interview with Louise Smith, um, which was Gene Smith, Elvis's first cousin's wife. Sure. And there's a video out there with Gene where Gene says that that it was not Elvis in the casket. You've probably seen the video. He talks I about his hands not having the calluses on them and that kind of stuff. He yeah. speaks of that. So in my video, I asked, I, I did the whole interview with Louise. I got to the very end and I said, Louise, I may not use this, yeah. but I have one more question that I'd like to ask. And if you have a problem with this question when we're done, and you tell me not to use this video, I won't use it. Right. And she said, okay. So I said, what I just said to you, Gene, your husband made a video and said that he did not think that was Elvis in the casket. Yeah. What do you say? And she said, I don't think it was either. And I have, I saw the same thing that Gene saw, but there's other reasons why I believe that. And I said, she yeah. said, the way she put it was other things happened. Yeah. Would make us believe that. So I tried to get her to talk about what those other things were. Yeah. She would not. When I was done, shut the camera off. Yeah. I said, please, camera's not rolling. Would you tell me those things, those other things? She said, no, I will not. Right. And she passed away maybe five months later, six months later. Yeah. Very long. And yeah. so that, you know, there's things that pop up that go, that make you go, is it a possibility? But Elvis's was his his health was really, really, really bad. In fact, I've yeah. got a friend and I would love for you to have her on your show. Her name is Sally Hodell. She just released her book. It's called uh, Destined to Die Young. And she makes a case that, you know, the, the sad. You know, the woman is, who wrote that book. Her name is Sally Hodell. Sally, yeah, you know, I'll put you in touch with Sally. It's a I've very been, interesting book. Yeah, please do. Because one of the things that we've been doing a lot lately uh, are authors. One, of, in fact, in fact, Thursday night of this week, um, I have uh, two women coming on who wrote a book you might be interested in, um, called "The Man in the Shadows." It's about the death and replacement of Paul McCartney. Another conspiracy book, but one that's that's deeply, you know, steeped in factual information. Mm -hmm. uh, not like unlike the Elvis crowd who has yet almost well, 40, 45, 46 years later, however long it's been, who has yet to to produce one shred of substantive ed evidence or right. uh, uh, substantial. Uh, literature to support it. Yeah. It's done. There's nothing. No. no. Um, but what I was going to say is, Sally, uh, the, the, the thing is, is, is there's a, a legacy issue with Elvis, and that legacy issue is this. I know that Elvis was not a drug addict that, right. that, um, that was strung, you know, strung out. He wasn't a caricature of himself. He wasn't this guy strung out on cocaine yeah. or heroin or something like that. This was in, this was a guy that that had some real health issues. So yes, she did. makes a case. And the reason she wrote the book was for the younger generation that they their vision of Elvis is this caricature yeah. that was this drug guy. Okay, and that's absolutely not a fact. She well, and I have a case. problem with that on a lot of levels. I saw Elvis. Uh Seven weeks before he passed, I saw him at the Philadelphia Spectrum. 
and uh, and met him backstage first. And one of the things that that was glaringly obvious was his lack of concentration, the fact that he could not move. He could barely, I mean, he could barely, when I tell you, Billy, he could barely take a step without wincing in pain. He seemed like he was clearly and obviously in some kind of pain. He had to have trouble getting up the steps for the stage and had to have trouble, I mean, had to have help uh, getting down the steps from the stage uh, and, and needed assistance to, to get into the car once backstage. It was, a, it really was very sad. It, the, with the people there, 25,000 people screaming at the top of their lungs, loved it. They got to see their idol. It was the last time they got to see their idol. Um, and he was just, you know, beautiful voice, but just didn't want to be there. That's what was clear and obvious to me. He just didn't want to be there. And he was going through the motions. Well, Sally makes the case that he, some people would have you believe that he was taking drugs, that he was like that because he was taking drugs. She makes the case that he was taking drugs because he was like that. There's in the, in the body, you have 11 major systems. He yeah. had some sort of disease in nine of those, which was hereditary. Mm-hmm. And I won't tell you her book. I'll let her tell you when you. Oh, yeah, please. That. Sure. But she makes a she makes a very good case. That's the reason that Gladys passed young. They had some hereditary issues that she can explain to you. He had mm-hmm. some basically he was going to die young no matter what. And he was taking the drugs to try to survive, basically, to try to beat Elvis Presley for everybody. Yeah, he wasn't taking the drugs. To because he he just wanted to take drugs. He was trying yeah. to survive. He was in so much pain and so much uh, uh, well, disease. I mean, yes, he wanted to take drugs for the sake of taking drugs, like any other rock star. You know, well, the uh, he had the means, motive, and opportunity to do so. I will tell you what I observed personally was a guy in pain. A guy clearly looked like he was sick and in need of medicine to get better. That's what I saw. I didn't see a guy strung out on drugs, um, taking to a stage, mumbling. His, and he, by the way, he was sharp as a tack once he hit that stage. And he gave people the show. But he, I have this feeling he'd have rather been home nursing his body, quite frankly. Um, he didn't look healthy. You know, no other way to say it. He did not look healthy. Um, and I hope he's in a better place now. So, um, I will look forward to meeting Sally. Uh, I'd love to have her on the show. If you, um, send me her info, uh, on Facebook or Certainly. I appreciate that. So what is next for the spa guy? Well, uh, I have a project that I'm working on in Memphis. I can't divulge it yet because we're not ready to, uh, once I tell people about it, uh, I think we'll have a flood of people. (laughs) So I need to uh, keep that to myself until it's time, but I have something that is pretty remarkable that will be happening in Memphis very soon. That's I'm here working on it now. Um, I've been driving back and forth. Um, uh, As far as filming next, I don't have anything particular set up. I'm fi- getting ready to film something. Once we're done, I'm going to film something here in Memphis. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, an artifact that we thought was gone that somebody has has uh, that was from uh, a place uh, here in Memphis that mm-hmm. got torn down. And so I'm glad that artifact is still there. But I'm in this position that I'm in where we're um, um, uh, filming telling these stories people reach out to me and go hey man i've seen this i've seen that some of them pan out some of them are are nothing but some of them are lead you to some pretty incredible things i don't until this project is complete i really don't have anything else you know i don't have any plans to go film anything unless they're going to tear the house down in 
um, in Palm Springs, I'll, right. I'll fly out there specifically to film that before yeah. it's before it's destroyed. I tried to take Dick Grove there in 2019 when I was there. We had it set up. We had a date set that we were going to drive yeah. him there because that's where Dick Grove met Elvis at. He was his head of security. Sadly, right. Dick passed last year in 2020. Yes, yeah. And, sure. uh, so I he never passed right after his there. daughter's wedding, correct? Well, it was not his daughter. It was a, a real good friend of his uh, got married. Yeah, gotcha. uh, Rick, okay. Rick Cross. And Rick actually has a YouTube channel out now. He started doing things. Now, Rick does, uh, he doesn't go out and film and do things like I do. He's more of, he's a record collector and stuff. So he shows you his collection and that oh, kind of God, stuff. Oh, beautiful. Very interesting stuff. So, yeah. and he's been around a long time in the Elvis world. He was really tight with Dick Grove and is well known. He's in some of my uh, videos where we film inside the Hilton. Uh, yeah. You know, when we did that six-part series, he's one of those guys. So he's very knowledgeable. Um, and he knows a lot of people in the Elvis world. He's been around. Oh, long God. Time. I tell you what, we had one of the biggest up in this area. This guy, you might have uh, come across him or may have heard of him uh, during your, your time. He's passed now. He's with the Lord. But his name was Jimmy Curtin. Uh, I don't I'm know not familiar with him. Jimmy Curtin uh, was a an Elvis tribute artist long before there were Elvis tribute artists. In fact, met Elvis and Elvis personally hand delivered him, and I know because I've seen the pictures. Uh, hand delivered him the starburst jumpsuit and the peacock jumpsuit. Mm. Um, I know because I held them in my hand, mm. <laughs> well, in my arms, I should say. Mm -hmm. And they were very heavy, quite frankly. They were. Yes, they are. They were, Jimmy Curtin was a, an Elvis super fan and collector uh, who uh, actually got to meet Elvis That's and knew him uh, on on that other level. But uh, if you're if you're ever interested in doing a story about this guy Jimmy Curtin, I'm the hookup for that. I could. Yeah, I could well, I'll have to come to uh, Jersey and do some of those stories. I used to go every January. They have the pool and spa show in Atlantic City. So we would go stay in Atlantic City and, and take the train or drive to New York, mm -hmm. spend a few days, spend some days in Atlantic City. Yeah. And I'm a big Edison fan. I filmed uh, uh, Orange, New Jersey, and I filmed in Menlo Park and all the Edison stuff up there. Oh, God, sure. And so I've done, I filmed some things uh, in Jersey and New York. Yeah, I'm not far from Lakehurst where the Hindenburg blew up. <laughs> wow, I need to go yeah. film that. I've never that, seen anybody do yeah. that story. Yeah, that's the Lakehurst Naval Air Station. Can you get on the air station where it blew up? You you actually can, yes. Okay. You actually can. Um, they do tours. They do private tours and public tours. Um, if you call the, uh, the Navy liaison... They can arrange for a um, a film crew to to you know to be given access and permission. I think there are certain things they won't let you film, mm -hmm. but the airfield itself, where the Hindenburg blew, is that's that's all outside. Yeah, you can, you can actually film that from the street. Yeah, because well, so you drive right just past. Just go do a picture lineup. You know, if the towers or any of it is still there. Oh, it's it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. It was like preserved in time. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I, I hadn't it really about is that. remarkable. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Billy Stallings, the spa guy. I am honored to uh, have had you on the show. I um, I must have you back at some point, and uh, and I would love to just, just pick your brain some more. I really sure. would. I really would. I love that. This is this is up my alley. Uh, by the uh, way, I'm going to show you something. You inspired something, by the way. Yes, sir. People who watch the show know that you normally see me wearing this. Yes. Wrestling with the Future, our T-shirt. Three for $25, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but my granddaughter, because you were going to be on, made this. That's cool. That's Elvis's silhouette. Yeah. In honor of your appearance tonight. So thank you for inspiring my granddaughter to make me a T-shirt. That's very cool. I appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I will have you back just as soon as we can arrange to have you back. And give my best to everybody in Memphis. Um, tell Angie Marchese I said hi. If you get to talk to Angie. Yeah, I saw her the other day at, at the birthday celebration. Tell her she owes me a phone call. Yeah. 
And you know, they just put out my video with the bicycle. Have you seen that video? The I've Gates not Grace yet. Slam video? Yeah. Yeah, not yeah. yet. Yeah, I've got so much going on. We've got, we just hit 5 million downloads. Um, we are on 147 radio stations worldwide. Our YouTube channel is fairly new, so we're getting a little bit of steam there. But our big audience is uh, in the car, yeah. um, at work. You know, people people on the go. That's us. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're everywhere. Well, to find but, me, you go Spaga, S-P-A, Space, G-U-I, and Elvis. I have 400 videos on YouTube. And that's how yeah, you... Yeah, I know. I watch every one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Brother, put out two videos so a week, much. every week, and have for years. I appreciate it. I'm going to tell you what. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us, and please come back again. Billy Stoings, the spy guy. Appreciate you, my friend. Take care, my brother. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.